when I was studying at uni, some of the other students in the uh, Christmas season would earn some money by working as Santa as uh, the same Christmas. Because people would sometimes like to hire a Santa for their little kids. So the student would have to dress up in the red coat and put on the white beard. And then, of course, the uh, parents would pass on all the gifts they want to give to their kids uh, without the kids noticing. And then uh, on Christmas Eve, in Germany it's actually not on Christmas Day, but on Christmas Eve, usually a Santa would come and ring at the door and then uh, give the kids to the give the gifts to the kids and so imagine you're doing that and you have some kids and you're hiring a Santa nowadays people have all kinds of quite valuable gifts in our society of affluence so you may have some chocolates for the kids and some biscuits but you may also have a Lego space station and an electric scooter and uh, uh, maybe an Xbox or what else do they give nowadays? Quite quite uh, substantial gifts. So and then the Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and uh, the hired Santa rings at the door and you let him in and it goes really well and the kids are mightily impressed with Santa and they get their gifts. And only after Santa has left you notice all the kids got was the chocolates and the biscuits and the Xbox and the scooter and the space station. Santa has taken away with himself and kept it. Would you be satisfied with the service from that Santa? Is that a good Santa? That's a lousy Santa. That's a sneaky Santa and keeping the stuff for himself. This is not how it should be. So please don't be a sneaky meditator We're keeping certain stuff that you want to keep, insisting on hanging on on some issues because they're just so nice, that was so traumatizing, I don't want to let go. This is not a good center, this is not a good meditator. Sapi Dhamma Nalang Apinivesaya, one of the teachings of the Mahamogalana, one of the two chief disciples, when the Mahamogalana, and the left hand chief disciple of the Lord Buddha with the psychic powers, as one of the teachings he got from the Buddha personally. I think Adramanei was just, just done that or coming up preparing this, so you will get some, and I'm gone, Jamane uh, will be teaching in his series about the great disciples, Venerable Ma Mogalana, and uh, as a chief disciple, we have quite a bit of info on him, and one meditation object he got, an instruction from the Buddha, Sabbe Dhamma Nalang Apinivesaya, all Dhammas, absolutely everything is not worth holding on. Is not good enough to get stuck on it. Nothing at all is worth holding on. That's our task as a meditator.
and watch your mind trying to be sneaky and insisting on keeping something. A little bit like in a toddler tantrum. Have you ever seen a little kid in a toddler throwing what they call a tantrum? You want to ask them that they have to let go of that or they have to give that and they throw a tantrum, screaming and our mind is just like that sometimes. No? Or pets or little dogs. Or cocker spaniel, which we had in our family, I remember, and trying to play, how do you call that, fetch, ne? Is that fetch? You throw the stick, and then the dog runs after the stick and grabs the stick and brings it back to you, and you throw the stick. And many dogs really love that. Our dog loved only the first part, so I throw the stick, and then he runs and he grabs the stick, and then he keeps the stick. <laughs> he doesn't doesn't want to give the stick back to me. And what he would like is playing tug of war. So I pull on one side of the stick, he pulls on the other one. He liked that one. But running and giving it back to me, and I saw him running, and somehow didn't quite get it. Insisted on keeping it. Our mind can be like that, insisting on keeping it. What's the problem about that? Why not keeping it? Why are all dhammas not worth hanging on to? Not good enough to hang on to or not suitable to hang on to? Because it will just give you pain and suffering and disappointing in the end. If you could hang on to something which will give you only joy and happiness for the rest of eternity, the Buddha actually said so, and if you can find anything like that, now that is just like imper- uh, permanent and lasting, and so on, now fine, now go for it, hang on to it. We will not find such a thing that we can hang on to to give us a permanent happiness. Whatever we latch onto and identify and hang onto, ultimately will give us disappointment. That is the reason the Buddha is asking to, or suggesting, recommending to give it away, to let go. It's not good enough in the sense that in the end it just gets us into disappointment, frustration, pain, suffering, despair. It's letting go is making things easier. Could you notice in our Santa Claus meditation, as you are digging into the mind, or even not digging in, whatever, automatically, quite now, usually things come up anyhow into awareness, at least in the more beginning stages of the meditation. And as you give it all away, could you notice how the sack is getting lighter? and how the heart is getting lighter as it's emptying. But we have to retrain ourselves, because we have for many lifetimes and from our whole society, we are being trained for accumulating, for getting more. 
usually not asking what else can I give away. The typical question is what, what else can I get? Oh, this would be nice to have, that would be nice to get. This is usually how, our, or how the normal untrained mind, not familiar with the discipline of the noble ones, and how the mind is thinking. What else can I get? What would be nice to have? So we have to you know, reprogram that into thinking, what else can I give away? What else can I let go of? Not aiming for a pile of possessions and a pile for attachments, but aiming for emptiness, sunyata, ultimate emptiness, empty of attachments, empty of craving, empty of greed, hatred, delusion. But uh, even on the very basic steps, we can start uh, with that aspiration, making the mind more empty, or actually starting to uh, making maybe our house more empty, simplifying things, giving away, letting go. Empty uh, often sounds rather scary, you know? Nowadays they have these hoarders. Have you heard of the hoarders? They can't walk into the house anymore because they are storing everything. One member in the community had one case in the family and he mentioned that to me. Took took them a very long time to clean that all out. In the house one can easily see that. But gosh, all the stuff in our mind which we are holding there when it comes to our mind, you know, to attachments in the mind, I think you know, we are usually all hoarders. And in meditation you start noticing it. If someone is a hoarder and you visit them, you immediately notice, because you can hardly walk into their home or flat or apartment. No, but the mind is not so apparent. We can't usually you know, see the mind of other beings. And even our own mind, sometimes we don't have that much awareness. So unfortunately it's possible to get even worse because it's not so apparent. So don't be a hoarder, don't be a sneaky center. Let us empty the heart, let us give away whatever is in the big sack center is carrying around so that the job is done. It's probably one of the most seasonal occupations in the being center. In one day they have to give the gifts to all the kids in the world and then after that is low season for 364 days. pretty nice and once you have finished that job and you go home on your sleigh on Boxing Day or something or the day after Boxing Day and uh, all good. It's the same that once we can truly 
empty our mind completely from craving, delusion, attachments, desires, and then the job is done. All good. Nothing left to do. Katankaraniya. Job is finished. Now that is the whole point of meditation. Now sometimes people go more for getting, the getting jhana, putting the first jhana, second jhana, third, fourth into their sack, so to speak, and then enlightenment on top. And then you can walk away and with your full sack, full of samadhi and enlightenment and nibbana. It doesn't quite work like that. Now these things are in the states of letting go and certainly nibbana is not something that one can hold on to or that one can have and proudly stuff into one's sack of possessions. <laughs> something which is uh, simply a state of complete letting go. Oh, let us empty the heart. The starting is a gradual training. Now, of course, we first start to take, taking out, not necessarily like Santa, no, who will maybe start on the top or something, or depending which kid has to find the right gift. It must be quite difficult no, if you have so many kids and then finding the which is the right gift for which kid. They never really explain that now he's doing that. But in our heart now we have to start now, with the most harmful ones. That is the ones we should get out first. Because now they're the biggest burden, the biggest danger. They're emptying unskillful behavior against the precept now, things like killing, stealing, sensual misconduct, lying, alcohol, intoxication. Anger, hatred, stinginess, now that's the first stuff you try to take out. And with the more refined things, and it's not such a great hobby, it's not so dangerous. But still has to go in the end. We're aiming for true emptiness, sunyata. A few comments from my side on the Xmas season. Any comments, questions? It's amazingly difficult. No? Why is it so difficult to give it away? totally agree. Now that's what we are trained by our society and that's what we have become used and accustomed to over lifetimes exactly. Yeah. So although it is leading to pain and suffering, unfortunately this is what we have been used to and trained to do for such a long time. So we have to commit to the opposite training of Buddha Dhamma and gradually reprogram us. Yes, agree. 
And once we notice that it feels good and that the pain gets less and the burden gets less, now that is usually then when we you know, get more enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Someone is just pointing out, uh, and it can happen that someone is uh, hanging on to something, uh, although they even notice that it's harmful for them. And I would agree, in a, uh, for example, with identity, the entity view or delusion of entity, delusion of personality. That can be an example. And sometimes people will hang on to some. Uh, delusion about themselves or their personality even though after they have noticed that it's actually not uh, helpful and painful for them but they're still in a fear of letting go of it so we even hanging on to something painful that may uh, appear to them as, as better than letting go because letting go is so fearful and I think that the way of overcoming that is to clearly noticing and observing whether it's simple act of generosity or whether it's acts of letting go in one's meditation. That meditation and letting go, uh, that letting go and giving away in a, um, reduces pain and burdens and suffering so that we uh, lose the fear of that. And once we have seen that many times, and each time you practice generosity, you feel more happy. Each time you can let go of something in your meditation, you feel lighter and unburdened. And as that happens repeatedly, you know, we can gain more confidence in the process of letting go. So you know, some of the deeper attachments you know, can appear very scary, and even if it's already painful, we may still want to hang on because it's too scary to let go. But the more we notice in our own experience, not just theoretically or out of faith, but in our own experience that little acts, even of letting go, uh, don't lead to problems, but to less suffering and being lighter, that can help us to develop the courage even for a big letting go. Yeah, yeah. And I think this... It's, it's fear of the unknown, really, isn't it? Pardon? It's fear of the unknown, really. Yeah, yeah, fear of the unknown, exactly. But the wisdom cuts through that, what saying, what you know. Yeah, yeah, so fear of the unknown, so we rather stay with the... There's a famous Hamlet quote, I think, so we rather stay with the troubles we know of than, than going uh, into the... No, unknown, yes. And wisdom is exactly what can overcome that. And wisdom can be built up through the experience. And I let go and it's actually good. It's not a problem. It feels better. And repeatedly and wisely observing that. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, someone is pointing out you know, that in the early stages of the practice, you know, there's obviously wholesome things that we should hang on to, and that is correct. Um, in general, you know, sometimes when I talk like today, you know, that would be more like what you may call a vipassana meditation. And vipassana meditation kind of you know, implies that one already has a basis in punya, in good karma, in virtue, and even in samadhi. And now one just you know, aims for letting go. But if we are practicing in building up uh, virtue, in building up samadhi, at that stage, and obviously, we have to uh, do both you know, letting go of the really unwholesome ones and uh, for the time being, you know, hanging on to the good ones. Sometimes people are very worried about attachment to samadhi. But I think, for example, if one actually never has experienced samadhi, it's nothing too much to worry about that. And it will be quite good you know, to experience samadhi. And then uh, to rather hang on to samadhi than to you know, doing bad and unwholesome things. Because you know, that experience is so much better that quite naturally, you know, if, if one likes that, one will no longer be interested you know, in almost all the things you know, worldly people are fighting over and getting into trouble with. But then, of course, at some stage, no one has to let go even of that. But you're quite correct, and it's a gradual training. And just like you know, walking up a ladder, you cannot get up a ladder to the top of a building or, or a little hill by letting go. You have to hang on to someone and pull yourself up and only once you're standing on that rung of the ladder, then you can let go of it by actually holding on to a higher one. And once you let go of the higher one, you're holding on to a still higher one. And that is a quite suitable description or simile for Dhamma practice. So you hold on to the higher and more wholesome phenomena to assist you in letting go of the more unwholesome ones. But that is not the final aim. And at some stage, once you pull yourself up, then you let go even of that very wholesome phenomena where you earlier were holding on to pull yourself up. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Sang Namah 